Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I'd like to invite you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. I'm going to read these verses to you from the Amplified Bible. You should be able to follow along if you have a King James or a different translation. If not, just listen to what I'm reading and absorb it. Allow it to sink within your innermost being. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 18. Luke 4 and 18 from the Amplified Bible. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and free favors of God profusely abound. Glory to God. If that's all we did was read those two verses of Scripture, we could go home and say we had church, had a great time. But we're not going to do that. You know, one of the most powerful statements that Jesus ever made was when He said, I have come to save that which was lost. I have come to save what was lost. To deal with the problem of sin. To set people free from the past to deliver them from whatever would hold them in bondage, to restore to them everything that was lost, and to make the human being a whole person once again. Remember those wonderful words in John 10 when Jesus said, The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and that more abundantly. Jesus is concerned about human beings. He is concerned about humanity. He is concerned about making the human being that was made less of a whole person in the fall restored to become a whole person once again. He's not just concerned about the sin problem. He is concerned about every aspect of human life. Spirit, soul, body, finances, social life, and the list goes on and on. And beloved, to be frank about it, in these verses, it doesn't matter if the person's poor, blind, captive, oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed. It doesn't matter. If calamity has come and destroyed a person's life, I want you to know that there is hope in Jesus. I want you to know that there is help in Jesus. I want you to know that that's a message that the world needs to hear today is that in Jesus you can be restored and become a whole person once again. That's why He came. We celebrate His birth at this time of the year and that is why He came. The Son of Man has been manifested that He might undo, outdo, and overdo all the works of the devil. So no matter what the devil did in Adam, thank God what Jesus does in that same human being far surpasses and supersedes anything that Satan has brought into the realm of human life. Can you say amen? No matter what was lost in the fall, 
all has been regained and restored in the person of Jesus Christ. And He has done over and above anyone could possibly imagine or think. And the world needs to hear that. The world needs to know that. He came to proclaim the day when deliverance and free favors, praise God, of God would profusely abound. You know what that means? That God has poured Himself out in favors in a abundance, an abundant way. I'm talking about an overflow and an abundance that's beyond the human imagination. See, if God had His way, every human being would be overflowing with His favor and goodness. Every department of the human being and human life would overflow with the favor and goodness of God. The hand of God would be upon the human being in such a way that his spirit would prosper, his soul would prosper, his body would prosper, his social life would prosper, his financial life would prosper, his family would prosper. Anything he sets his heart and hand to do would prosper if God had his way. You say, well, what's the biggest hindrance that prevents God from having his way? You know, I know what it is. It's the devil. No, no. No, it's the human being. It's the believer. It's the individual. That's the biggest hindrance. We're our own. We are our own biggest hindrance. If God had His way in our lives, you couldn't fathom the blessings that you'd be experiencing. You couldn't contain the overflow and the abundance that God would bring your way if God had His way. Something to think about. Well, beloved, I'll tell you something right now. Jesus came to preach that one day God's favor would abound. One day God's blessings would be poured out to humanity in such a way that you could hardly even take it all in. We are living in that day. We are living at that time right now. That day of the Lord has come. No matter what you've lost, no matter how you've been hurt, no matter where you are lacking in any area of your life, no matter why you are brokenhearted. In other words, whatever the cause is behind the brokenheartedness, it doesn't matter what it is. No matter why you are brokenhearted or what caused it, no matter what memories are holding you in bondage, past painful memories that are keeping you captive, no matter what your blindness is, whether it be spiritual blindness, emotional blindness, or physical blindness, it doesn't really matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the cause is. It doesn't matter what challenges you face in your life today. As far as the message that Jesus brought to the world, you can be restored, you can be delivered, and you can be set free and separated from all those bondages that have held you captive all the days of your life. That's the message that Jesus brought to the world. And He demonstrated the power of God to separate people from their bondages, to separate people from their afflictions, to restore human life. It didn't matter if they were a leper. The leper was cleansed and the person was made whole, not only in body, but in spirit, in soul, and in body. It doesn't matter what brokenheartedness someone suffered from whatever was the cause of it. Jesus brought restoration and He brought wholeness to the human life once again. A widow woman was crushed because her son had died, but Jesus brought him back to life and restored her to, to joy and happiness and wholeness once again. 
It didn't matter if they couldn't meet their financial obligations. Jesus knew how to send people fishing to see to it that they would be provided for. It didn't matter if a woman couldn't pay her debts. Praise God, the oil never failed and God provided the need. Hallelujah. And she had enough to live on for the rest of her life after paying all her debts. God is concerned about human life. Jesus is concerned about fallen humanity. God wants to bring restoration to every part of human contact. No matter what our life has been affected by, there's an answer. There's a solution. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know what, beloved? Not only can we be set free, we must be set free. I said we must be set free. You say, why? Because without being set free, we'll face emotional challenges that will produce emotional baggage and emotional weights in human lives. That's why we need to be set free. That's why Jesus came to set humanity free. Look at the book of Hebrews, if you would please, in chapter 12. If a person is weighed down emotionally, the weight that that person carries is going to affect that person's functions in this life. That person is not going to be able to be the person that God wants them to be. That person is not going to be able to succeed as God would have him succeed. That person will be kept back from running a successful race and living the successful life that God intended for that person to live. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. I'm reading once again from the Amplified. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony of the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, Make a note of that right there in your Bible. Unnecessary weight. You know, emotional bondage and emotional weights and emotional baggage is unnecessary as far as God is concerned. I said as far as God is concerned. Why? Because He made provisions. He has provided a way of escape. And he says, look, you can hold on to it or you can set it aside. You can release it or you can embrace it. It's up to you, the individual. You can be swamped by your emotional hurts. You can be overcome by your emotional problems and difficulties and heartaches and pains. Or you can once and for all say, it's time to set this baggage aside. It's time to lay it down. It's time to let it go and run your race successfully the way God intended. Set aside those unnecessary weights, he says. And that sin which so readily, deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. That is what God wants us to do. But when we are weighed down by emotional pain, as we carry emotional baggage, 
It's very difficult for the individual to run the race that God has called him to and to succeed in the race of life. And that's why we must be set free. And that's why we must be liberated. Because, you see, God wants to pour out His favors. God wants to overflow our lives with good things until we are so full that our cups run over. But it's up to us. Make note of these things if you are taking notes. If you are weighted down or weighed down by emotional difficulties, emotional weights or baggages, number one, you are not going to be the person that God wants you to be. You are going to be restricted in your expression of God. I mean that. You say, well, what is it that God intends for me to be? God wants you to be a person of love, great joy, and peace. He wants your heart to be so full of joy that your life is an expression of that joy. But you know as well as I do, when you're weighed down by emotional stress and difficulties, your joy is gone. And you don't express that in your life. See, God intended that the believer would live a life in which there would be a testimony of God's deliverance and God's saving grace in his or her mouth. That's what God intended. But you can't be that person. Because when you're dragged down and weighed down by emotional difficulty, there seemingly is no presence of God. No overwhelming confidence in God. There is a frustration factor. There is discouragement factors in our lives. And it seems as though our testimony is silenced by the power of the enemy who we have allowed to silence us. Why? Because of the emotional baggage that we're carrying through our lives. God wants us to have a song of deliverance upon our lips. He wants us to demonstrate to this world that there is a reason to believe. And that the God that we serve is concerned about us and cares for us and provides what is necessary to make us whole once again. God wants us to live in peace and manifest peace. But you can't show forth that state of tranquility when you're under emotional stress and weights, frustrations and discouragements, being dismayed. You see, beloved... You can't be the person that God wants you to be with a spring in your step and with a countenance that radiates the very glory of God's presence. I believe that's how God wants us to be. Don't you? That when people see us, what jumps on them is the overflow of God's joy, of the song of deliverance that's in our hearts, of the love, of the peace, as well as the very countenance of God's glory that radiates from our lives. That's what God wants us to be. But once again, the enemy targets human lives to do what? To destroy that testimony 
or prevent the individual from experiencing what God intended for him to experience in his life. Secondly, if you are weighed down by these emotional weights, this emotional baggage that we can carry through life, we can, that can prevent us, every single one of us, no matter who we are, and it, it, there's no difference. We're all the same. People think, well, it can't be that way in your life because you're different. No, I'm not any different than anybody else. No one is different than anybody else. Peter himself said we all encounter the same situations, difficulties, tests, and trials in this life. No matter who we are. Don't be deceived by thinking that you're the only one going through a difficult time. Beloved, it'll prevent you, it'll prevent me from pursuing and fulfilling the will of God for our lives. God has a purpose and God has a plan and God has a perfect will for every individual in this place. And whether or not the person ever fulfills it, that person will give account of himself before Jesus Christ who will tell that person, this is what you ought to have done, but you didn't do it. I had this mapped out for your life, but you didn't fulfill it. You did this. And why? Well, you, you don't understand, Lord. I was just under this stress and these emotional heartaches and pains and, and my painful past and, and all these difficulties that I went through in life. There is no possible way. How many, how many of you know there's no excuses before God? That man is without excuse because God made provision. It's like the sinner before the judgment seat of Christ who says, well, you know what? There's nothing I could have done about it because I never knew. And that person will have a screen come down and, and Jesus will play right upon that screen back something that he heard in his life. And he'll see himself saying no to Jesus. He'll hear himself saying, no, I don't need that in my life. Every single one of us, beloved, can do something about setting aside the emotional stress, pains, and baggage that we carry through life. It's up to us to do it, though. Set it aside. Otherwise, you won't be able to pursue and fulfill the plan that God has for your life. See, the weight of it all will prevent you. So don't you think that's a tactic of Satan? That's a tactic of the enemy to see to it that we're overwhelmed by emotional stress and, and baggage so that we can't pursue it and we can't fulfill it? See, we'll be weighed down by the I can'ts of life. I just can't do it. Thirdly, it'll prevent us from developing an understanding of who we are in Christ and thereby developing a good self-image. It'll prevent people from developing an understanding of who they are in Christ. They're so overcome by the emotional problem that they can't see beyond the darkness of the cloud. They see themselves as defeated. They see themselves as incapable of, of breaking through to success. They see themselves as so affected by whatever it was that caused their emotional pain that there's no way of escape. They see themselves as someone that God has rejected or cast aside or set aside or God is displeased with and, and who He doesn't love very much. And all that is nothing but darkness and clouds of emotional stress and baggage coming upon the human life. Lies that are being presented to an individual to deceive that person to think that that's how he or she really is. 
when the truth of the matter is, God has already made provision for us to experience a tremendous image of ourselves in Christ. Every single one of us in Christ looks beautiful in the sight of God. No matter how we have hurt in the past, no matter what the problem may have been, no matter what caused our, our problem, our hurts, our brokenheartedness, how we were crushed or whatever, God sees every one of us the same. The blood that was shed was shed for every human being, no matter how good they seem to be or how bad they seem to be. The blood is, as far as we all are concerned, sufficient to meet the need of every human being alive on this planet. No matter what they've done or what they haven't done, thank God for the blood. And thank God that we look good cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And we, by faith, have got to set aside that so that we can begin to call ourselves who and what we are in Christ. Thank God I was a sinner, but now, thank God, I have been born again. I'm saved by grace. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And thank God the Bible says, now are we the sons of God. Say with me, I'm a son of God. Say it again, I'm a son of God now. Thank God. Can you see, that's who we are right now. We've got to see who we are. But when you carry all that emotional baggage, you get down upon yourself. We get down upon ourselves. The cloud gets darker. The weight gets heavier. And you can't break loose from that. Well, there's help and there's hope. And just sit tight just for a moment. Also, it'll paralyze our faith. It'll paralyze our faith. See, when a person does nothing about getting rid of the emotional weights and baggages that, that people carry through life, it'll paralyze faith and give place to doubt and fear. And doubt and fear will lurk as giants over the human heart and life of the individual. And that's why we must be free. That's why Jesus came to set mankind free. So that we can give expression of God in the earth. Beloved, I'm convinced of this right now. And I, I challenge every single one of us to press toward this. More than anything else, God wants to possess us. Did you hear that? God wants to possess us. God in spirit, God in soul, God in body, God radiating my being. God wants to possess every single one of us. He wants us to be so yielded to Him. He wants us to give ourselves over to Him in such a way that He can move in. And bring the fullness of His glorious presence into our lives and absolutely possess us so that He thinks through our thoughts and speaks through our, our, our mouths and our lips and our tongue and through our hands He heals the sick, sick and delivers the captives. That's what God wants. He wants to possess us so that we can be a vehicle through which He manifests Himself in the earth. A highway through which He works and makes His ways known. I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 6 because here we're going to find out how we can, every single one of us, set aside those weights that beset us. Set aside the emotional hurts that hold us in bondage. Lay down those things that prevent us from being the person that God wants us to be, from pursuing and fulfilling the plan that God has for our lives as well as prevent us from developing 
an understanding of who we are in Christ and that which paralyzes our faith. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. It says, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look. Stand by the roads and look. Stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal paths. Where is the good old way? In other words, lift up your head, open up your eyes and look at the roads that are placed before you and ask God, which are the right roads for me to take? Which is the right path for my life? Which way should I be going? Ask direction and guidance of the Lord. And He will show you that way that leads to eternal happiness and peace and love and joy. Eternal separation and deliverance from emotional hurts and and bondages that hold us in captivity. And look what, what it says. Then walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. No, I'd rather hold on to my emotional baggage. You don't understand how I was hurt. Well, forgive and let go. No, I'll never forgive that person. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they hurt me. I'll never let go of this heartache and pain. And I'll never let them go or release them for what they've done to me. You're living in a wrong road and you're on a wrong path. You're going to have emotional hurt all the days of your life and you're not going to find freedom and you'll not find God's favor poured out into your life. They wouldn't walk in it. They disobeyed God. They refused to let go. But I'll tell you something right now. This is the key secret to becoming emotional, emotionally whole. We've got to learn to let go. We've got to know God is bigger than we are. Much bigger than we are. His ways are the right ways. His paths are the right paths. And if He says to let go and walk in His ways and paths, then we've got to let go and walk in forgiveness and walk in love and walk in harmony with humanity if that's what God says to do. Amen. Amen. No matter what we think about it, no matter how we may think it's wrong for us to do it, love's the only way, beloved, that the Bible says it will never fail. And that's the way that we are to walk in. But let's not stop there. Also, I set watchmen over you saying, hear and obey. Hear and obey the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen or obey. Therefore, hear, O Gentile nations, and know, O congregation of believing ones, what great things I will do to them. Hear, O earth. Behold, I am bringing evil upon this people, the fruit of their thoughts, their schemes and and devices. Because they have not listened and obeyed my words, and as for my law, they have rejected it. In other words, I told them how to be free. I told them how to walk free. I told them how to have peace. I've told them how to find rest. I I told them I would lead them into a path that would produce tranquility and restoration in their lives. I have shown them the way they are to walk in, but they reject it. They refuse to do it. They will not obey what I've told them to do. So they'll carry their emotional weights, pains, and heartaches with them all the days of their lives. And I can't bless them like I want to bless them. Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Matthew. Matthew and chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. 
He said, there is a way. Ask me of that way, and I'll show you the right way. I'll show you the right path for your life. Obey me, walk in it, you'll find rest, deliverance, peace, wholeness in your life. Number one, listen carefully. If you're out there and you're saying, I want to know the way that I can be free from emotional hurt and pain. I want to know how I can set down the weight of emotional heartache so that I can run my race without all that baggage in my life. I want to know that way. Well, number one, stop and look at the roads and ask God the right path for you to take in your situation. Whatever it may be, if you're lonely, if you're abused, if you have heartache and pain because of something that took place days ago, years ago, months ago, or whatever, you ask God the right path for you to take to overcome that. You ask Him exactly what you need to do, what course of action you should take so that you can set it aside once and for all from your life and rid yourself from it, the weight of it, the stress of it, the pain of it, and all that it does to destroy the human life. Ask Him, which is the right road for me to take? He'll show you. He'll show you the right path. Well, actually, here He is. Look at verse 28. Come to me, all you that, who labor and are heavy laden. Let's read it first. And overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. You see, you ask of the, of the Lord, which is the right path for me to take? He'll say, go to Jesus. He'll say, come to Jesus. Jesus said, come to me. You see, you can't find it in yourself. You'll not find relief in yourself. You'll not find the strength you need in yourself. You'll not find the resources you need in yourself or the ability you need in yourself to overcome a heartache and pain, a deep-seated wound. But thank God He heals the brokenhearted and thank God He binds up every wound. And if you'll go to Him, if you'll run to Him, if you'll look to Him, if you'll say to Him, Here I am, Lord. Do Your work in me. I present myself to You. And I'm not walking away from this place having any emotional baggage, any heartache, or any pain. I expect you to do what you said you would do. I'm coming to you. I'm hooking up with you. I'm yoking up with you Amen. to find relief and release. You said when you were here, you've come to heal the brokenhearted. You've been anointed to set the captives free. And I'm coming to you for that freedom now. And I mean business once and for all. I'm setting down the weight of it. I refuse to walk, on the wrong, to walk on the wrong path and to keep it within my life any longer. I'm getting off that path. I'm getting on the right path, the right road, the eternal way. Look at 1 Peter chapter 5 because this illustrates to us how exactly God expects us to do it. We come to Jesus and Jesus says, if you do, I'll give you rest. I'll give you 
tranquility. I'll give you relief. I'll deliver you and set you free from your heartache and pain. I'll heal up your wounds, bind them up and mend your broken heart. I'll provide peace for your soul. You let me handle your big problems. You let me carry your big burdens in life and you'll see to it that you can be successful in running the race that I have laid before you. But if you think you can do it on your own, if you think your own shoulders are big enough to, bury, uh, to, to carry the burden and, and bear the load, then I want you to know that you're walking on the wrong path, you're taking the wrong course of action for your life and you're not going to be successful. But if you'll come to me and if you'll turn that thing over to me, if you acknowledge that I will be the one to be the, the, the burden bearer for you, I have, I've been, I'm the one who took it upon myself for you, then you'll find relief, you'll find release, and you'll find yourself free from all that emotional hurt and pain, restored and healed and made whole. Why? So that you can go on with your life, so that you can find my purpose, so that you can fulfill my plan and do exactly what my will is for your life. You'll find favors around every corner. I'll shower you with my blessings. I'll fill you up to overflowing. I'll make you a whole person once again. Oh, I like that, don't you? A whole person once again in every way. I'm going to tell you something right now. You take a man who, who wants to know God, to serve God, to love God, to provide for his family and care for his family and all that, God will make you a whole person. God will make you a whole person once again. He'll, he'll give you wholeness in your spirit, wholeness in your soul, wholeness in your body. He'll enable you to be the person he wants you to be if you'll just but totally give yourself over to him. And I'm talking about in some cases you're going to lay down some things that are hard to lay down. And you're also going to suffer some pain. I'm talking about some pain from a human standpoint, a physical standpoint. It'll be like this. You're going to give what you have to give and give a little bit more until it hurts. I know when I was in athletics, every time I was exercising and, and doing what I could to train, to keep myself in better shape, my coach would be standing right by my side. He said, do one more. I said, but coach, it hurts so bad. He said, do one more. But it hurts. Do one more. That's when you really develop is when it hurts. And it's the same way spiritually. Amen. God wants to squeeze the life out of our flesh so our spirit can have ascendancy. Amen. Glory to God. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. I'm reading it to you from the Amplified Bible. Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. I'm taking the weight of this pain. I'm taking the weight of this sorrow. I'm taking the weight of this hurt. I'm taking the weight caused by this calamity. I'm taking the weight caused by that wrongdoing. Whatever it is, whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. I'm taking the weight that caused my spiritual, emotional, or physical blindness. Whatever it is that has come into my way to crush me. You know, people can be crushed by various things in life. But Lord, I'm taking it all right now. I'm taking all my cares, my concerns, and my worries, and my frustrations, and all my heartache, and misery, and pain, once and for all. I'm taking it right now, and I am casting it upon you. To cast means to lay it down at His feet. I'm laying it down at your feet. Once and for all, I'm doing it. Look at the latter part of the verse. For He cares for you affectionately, and cares about you watchfully. He cares for you affectionately and He cares about you watchfully. You know you have to open up your heart to this. You know you have to open up your life to this. He cares about you affectionately and for you watchfully and we all have to open up our hearts to this. 
If we don't open up the heart, we can't let him in. He won't come in. But if you say, you know what, Lord, I'd rather have you in and the anxiety out. I'd rather have you in and the concern out. I'd rather have you in and the worries out. I'd rather have you in and the weight of it all out, the emotional baggage out, the heartache and pain out. I'd rather have you in. If you'll say that, mean that, and do that, and you'll say, I'm giving it to you, I'm leaving it with you, and I'm just receiving all that you are. You're big enough to handle my problems. And so I'm turning them over to you, Lord. I'll tell you what, He will come in. He will move into your life. He'll bring His peace. He'll bring His love. He'll bring His joy. He'll bring His care. He'll bring His concern. He'll bring His presence. He'll bring His awareness to your mind that He is there and the greater one's on the inside of you. Let's not stop there. Look at the next step. Look at Psalm 37, if you would please with me. Psalm 37. Because once you open up your life to Him, this is the next important step for you to take. Once we open up our lives to Him and say, you know what? I'm exposing myself completely to you. I'm making myself open and naked before you, Father God, for everything is open before the eyes of Him with whom we have to do or deal with. I want you to know my frailties. I recognize my frailties, my inabilities, and, and my lack of strength in my life. And so, Father God, I am coming to you right now. I am just laying it all down before you right now. I am getting off that wrong path that I've been on. I'm stopping all this complaining and stopping all this murmuring and stopping all this about what somebody else did to me. I'm not concerned about it any longer. As far as I'm concerned, I am off that path. I'm off that road and I'm on the straight and narrow with you. And you are the one who's taking care of all my business. Boy, I'll tell you, we've been looking for someone to do that, haven't we? Hallelujah. You know we have. Look at this verse. Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Listen. Roll and repose each care of your load on Him. Each one. Trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident also in Him. And He will bring it to pass. He's saying once you roll your load upon the Lord, once you cast your care upon the Lord, once you totally give it over unto Him, then trust Him. Believe that He's big enough. Believe that He is at work. Trust that He is at work on your problem. You know why more people take up the problem once again back to themselves? Because they don't know He's at work. They don't know He's doing something about the problem. But remind yourself that He's at work on my problem. Thank God the problem solver is working out my problem. I don't even have to think it through, praise God, because he's doing it for me. Oh, I can just walk in ease and in, in presence of mind that my Father God is all the while at work in me, willing and doing of his good pleasure. He is fighting for me, defending me and protecting me, and he is working out the details that surround the problem. Whatever my hurt was, whatever my heartache was, whatever my pain was, whatever my bondage was, Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. No matter what anyone did to me, my God's at work and I'm not even concerned any longer. I'm walking free from all of it. You ready for this next step? Take a stance. Take a stand or a stance on obedience. Be obedient to do what God would tell you to do. Take a stance of obedience. You let your Heavenly Father and your Lord and Savior know that you are going to obey His voice. You'll do what He tells you to do. If you say, I cast this care on you, and He says, now go to that person and say, I forgive you. 
Here's what I meant by the heartache. And pain. Here's what I meant about the physical pain that you can encounter. That may be tough for you to do. But you walk right up to that person and say, I forgive you for what you've done. It'll never be brought up in my life again. I won't even touch it in thought life. As far as I'm concerned, it's in the sea of forgetfulness to stay there forever. It may be hard for you to do that. It may be painful for you to do that. But I guarantee you, if you will do that, you will find a newfound freedom that you have never experienced before in your life. You will walk with a joy and peace inside your heart. The, the, the weight will be removed from you. You know why? Because the weight of another person's blood can be upon you if you don't do it. If you don't forgive. Think about that. You can be released from that. You know, the Bible says that if you see somebody who is erring in his way and not walking with God like he should in his righteousness, the Bible says you are warned and I am warned that we are to go to that person and warn that person lest his blood be upon you. Anybody want to carry around the weight of someone else's blood? No way. That's why Paul said when he went and preached the gospel, dust off your shoes. Their blood's no longer on your hands. You can walk free from that. There may be situations where God will tell you to give something that you don't have to give or something that you do have to give, but you have to make a sacrifice to give it. That's what I mean when I talk about there'll be pain involved sometimes. See, someone says, I want God to be able to bless me even financially. And he may tell you, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to prove yourself to me. I want you to obey my voice. Take a stance of obedience. And I want you to do this. Someone... I read about said God had told him to sell certain things that he had and prized as a, as a prized possession in his life because the church that he was involved with was in a building project and he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, you've given what you have to give, see, but that's not what I want. I want you to give something else. Sell these items and those items were items that he, he valued and esteemed highly. And the Lord said, now I want you to do it. And the person painfully took those items, sold those items, collected all the monies, and gave it to the church in the building project to, to bless the building project. And the person said, after I did this, it was like a 10-ton weight was removed from my being. And he said, I knew exactly what it meant. Those things that I held dear to my heart were taken a part of a place in me that God wanted. Think about that for a moment. You want more of God in your life? There'll be sacrifice. And sometimes there'll be pain in parting with things that keep God out of your life. And that's what this person did. Gave it up to have more of God. Think about it. Live a life of, based on obedience. You think about obedience when it comes to the walls of Jericho and God's people walking around those walls. You know what? We can talk about it. We can think about it. It would be nice if God could just take us back there and just put up some kind of a screen over here so we can sit back with our popcorn and our nice comfortable chairs and just let the screen come down and watch all the children of Israel under the leadership of, of, of Joshua as they approach the, uh, the promised land and the walls of Jericho. It would be good for us to listen to the conversation of the whole congregation as they approached that place and saw how massive those walls were and how invincible those walls were and listen to what they said. 
I can only imagine some of the things and comments that would have been made. You say, well, why? How can you? Because I know how human nature is, don't you? Let's face it. Come on, you want to be honest with me tonight? God can deliver you from the biggest thing yesterday and when something hits you tomorrow and smacks you right in the face, it's like, here we go again. Think about it. And this thing starts, before you know it, this thing starts going, your tongue starts going, your mouth starts speaking faster than it should. And if you're not careful, you're speaking God right out of the problem. Right? See, a life based on obedience. Take a stance of obedience. God, I'm going to obey you. What you tell me to do, I'm going to obey you. If you tell me to sell, this one person said, I sold my car. I sold a car. Apparently, he had more than one car. said, I sold a car, collected all the money, gave it to the building project in obedience to God. Another one said, I did this. Another one said, I did that in other areas. But you see, beloved, let's face it. Too often, we want to be just blessed financially and in every way, but don't want to do anything on our part in obedience to God to see to it that it comes into our lives. Now, these children of Israel had to walk around those walls, and they were probably humiliated Every single trip they took around. Can you see those people as they spewed out words and, and laughed and mocked and jeered? You're going to bring down our walls by walking around our walls? You know how human nature is? You want to rise up furious, angry, and you just want to take matters into your own hands and start climbing those walls and grabbing some necks. That's human nature. Come on now, say amen or oh my. That's human nature. You want to get even. You want to, you know, speak out and spew out things. But they had to be obedient to mind their own business, to watch their words and just walk around like God said to walk around and walk around like God said to walk around and walk around like God said to walk around. I'm telling you something, there's something about obeying God that moves God, praise God, to move heaven and earth to meet our need. Can you say amen? amen? Take a stance of obedience and whatever God tells you to do, do it even though it hurts the flesh. You know the flesh is going to get hurt. You want more of God in you, your flesh is going to get hurt. Let's face it, it'll be painful to the flesh, but I'll tell you, the rewards will be absolutely overwhelming. Next. What number are we on? Six. Stay focused. Everybody say focus. I'm going to tell you something, beloved. Christians need to be more focused. We as believers need to become more focused on the promises of God. You know, God has, has given us Hundreds upon hundreds of Bible promises. Do you realize that? But one situation occurs and before you know it, we are so distracted from the promise of God because we're living in this natural world and if we're not careful, we're oblivious to the promise of God. What did God say? Did He say trouble will never come your way? That's not a promise. Did he say, once you accept my son as Savior and Lord of your life, that is it, you are exempt from anything this life has to offer or bring your way? 
No, he never said that. He said, I will be with you in trouble. Didn't he say that? I will deliver you. See, instead of focusing on the trouble, instead of focusing on the problem, instead of focusing on the heartache and the pain, he said, focus on the promise. I will be with you. I will deliver you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. Focus on the promise of God rather than the problem is what he tells us to do. We need to stay focused on praising God rather than criticizing men. On praising, blessing, and thanking God rather than criticizing men. See, too often we find ourselves spewing out things of criticism toward people and what they've done rather than thanking God for what He's done. But they did this to me and they did that to me. Well, thank God Jesus bore it. Thank God Jesus took it. Thank God we can focus on what God did and thank Him for what He did and forget about criticizing men. Stay focused. Focus on the promise of God. Focus on thanking and praising God rather than focusing on criticizing men. And what about this? Focus on the fact that God is dealing with your future rather than focusing on all the hardships of the past. Focus on the fact that God is working out your future. Listen to this carefully, saints. A lot of people are so consumed by the past that God never has a chance to work out their future. God never has a hand in bringing them to a place that He wants them to be. Why? Because their focus is on the past. Their focus is on the pain. Their focus is on the failure. Their focus is on all those things rather than God's at work right now. He's working out my problem. He is making provisions for my future. I'm having this planned out for me and for my life because God's at work and I'm thanking Him for it right now. Father God, You are at work. I'm focusing on that. You are at work in my life. I'm not even concentrating on that. As far as I'm concerned, I've given that to You. You've dealt with it. I'm focusing on the fact that You are dealing with my future. You're making my way plain before me and You are at work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now this one you need to get a hold of too. Focus on the fact that God is making things right. Focus on the fact that God is at work making things right. Have we ever considered that? You know, you hear it all the time. This is happening and that one's doing this and this one is saying that and this problem here. But what about the fact that God's making things right? Focus on the fact that God is at work making things right. And begin to have that vision that looks beyond what we see into the supernatural realm, knowing that while I look not at what is seen, but what is not seen, God is making things right. Say that with me. God is at work making things right in my life. Well, that's good, isn't it? Why focus on the other when you can focus on that? 
And then Philippians 4.13, and I'm going to read that to you from the Amplified Bible also. If you want to turn there, you may. This is the, the final thing to focus on, one of the things to focus on. No matter what it is that God has asked you to do in obedience to His plan to follow or the step that you are to take or the road or the path that you are to be on, this is something that you're going to have to get a hold of as well as me. We're all going to have to get a hold of this as I. Whatever road He leads you on, you have the strength to follow it. In Philippians 4.13, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Whatever it is that He tells you to do, to be free from the emotional past, the pains of the of the past that brought emotional baggage into your life, no matter what it is He tells you to do, you have the strength and you have the ability because He infuses it into you as you act in obedience, focusing on God who is dealing with your future and making things right. See, once we turn it over to Him, the job's not done yet. We're supposed to see God at work. How many of you know while we've been focusing on the end result of this building, men have been out there working? But to be frank about it, I drive by every day. I see it going up, but my focus is not on what they're doing. My focus is on the fact that God is at work. I said God is at work. See? And I'm focusing on that end of it. But things are happening while I'm focusing on that. Well, God works the same way in the spirit realm and the emotional realm. As I am focusing on God at work, dealing with my future, making things right for me, He's busily at work doing it while my focus is on Him doing it. His angels are involved. He's got a team together working on my behalf. And whatever He tells me to do, I have the strength to do it because He gives me the strength. And finally, I want to close with Psalm 23. If you would, please. Psalm 23. Beloved, uh, I'm bringing these truths out because the Lord inspired me to do so. He said, this is a time when many of my people are, are heavy laden and burdened down with emotional stress and baggage because of a lot of different things. But let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that I have a path for them to be on. And if they'll stay on that path, no matter what it is, they're going to be all right. I'm going to make things right for them. Well, you've got your shouting clothes on, I can tell just by looking out there. And so we're going to just quickly get right through this because this is the seventh thing to know and to realize. The Lord is my shepherd. To feed God and shield me, I shall not lack. Say it with me. The Lord's my shepherd. He feeds me. He guides me. He shields me. I do not lack. Boy, I like that, don't you? You talk about a focus. Focus on that for a while. He makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. God is in the restoring business. The path, the right eternal path that He leads us on is one that's going to cause refreshing. It's going to cause relief, restoration, and good things to come into our lives. And that's the place He wants us to be in. Why? That's where He possesses us. Let's read on. He refreshes and restores my life and myself. He leads me in the path of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with Him. 
not for my earning it, but for His namesake. Glory to God. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just resting in it. Yes, though now in this life I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod, your word to protect, and your staff, your spirit to God, they comfort me. In other words, your word and your spirit provide the guidance and the comfort that I need. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with the oil of joy and the oil of gladness. That sorrow and sign will flee away and my brimming cup runs over. It spills over. It oozes out of my pores. It oozes out of my being. It rises up from my toes. It flies out top of my head. It comes back on down. It runs down my sides. It fills up my house. It fills up the car when I drive in the highway. And praise God, it spills out all over me. And whenever I get in front of somebody, it jumps on them. I'm so blessed. It's so running over from my life that everywhere I go, the power of the anointing oil of God just runs out from me onto somebody else. Praise God, He's filled my cup to overflowing. And that's the kind of God that He is. And those are the kind of favors that He provides. And that's the kind of abundance that He wants us to have. And when does this take place in heaven? No. Here, in this life, is what He says. Praise God. My cup is running over. Surely only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of days, the house of the Lord and His presence shall be my dwelling place. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.